Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. We have Kate with us who's going to give us the masterclass on estrogen dominance, which is a big thing for us women dealing with fertility issues. And it comes across my um, desk a lot. So welcome, Kate. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Monica. I'm honored and blessed to be here. Yeah. So tell us, how did you get into this? What was your catalyst of like really getting into this specific subject? Yeah, that is such a great question. I, I'm a physician assistant and functional medicine practitioner. And before I got into functional medicine, I was working in urgent care and just seeing a lot of uh, different, different things that people would come in wanting their quick fix and I'd send them out the door. But I realized over time, people weren't getting better. Um, and I also was experiencing my own health issues at the time, which I wasn't aware because they were just you know, very mild and I tolerated them. Uh, but when I learned about functional medicine, I heard Dr. Hyman, Mark Hyman speaking about functional medicine and what it is, it all made sense. And I realized this was something I needed to get into because I was so passionate about health and fitness and nutrition and want to be able to blend all those two together. And I didn't think it was possible until I learned about functional medicine. So then I started my own functional medicine practice about two and a half years ago. And uh, throughout that time, I, I healed my own body and, um, and I came off of birth control pills because I realized like there's a lot of long-term effects that women don't know about in terms of, of birth control, and what it can do to the body. And I developed my, uh, a lot of hormonal imbalances in myself. In fact, I, I developed estrogen dominance and at the time I didn't know what it was, but the more research I did, I realized it aligned with that. And so really helping to support my, my body and the metabolism of those estrogens and bring everything back into balance was a game changer for me. And then I also started noticing the same patterns in, in my female clients as well. A lot of women just having like PMS symptoms or coming in with endometriosis or PCOS and realizing like, wow, they have an imbalance of, of estrogen in their body and just helping them to figure out, you know, the root causes of what was going on help them to balance their hormones, um, significantly improve the quality of their life as well as mine as well. <laughs> um, I get so much crap from doctors on TikTok and Instagram that, you know, stop telling people birth control um, affects their fertility. And I feel like I do it in a really um, like nice way, <laughs> I suppose, <laughs> because I don't necessarily believe it's just birth control. And I obviously it's not everyone has those issues. 
um, you know, I do believe that your diet, your lifestyle, your genetics, you know, there's a lot at play with birth control, but you can't, it, it still boggles my mind how very, very smart, double board certified doctors, OBGYNs, nurses, you know, whatever are sitting there and saying, no, that drug there's no evidence. I was like, no shit, there's no evidence. <laughs> like, who's gonna, who, what pharmaceutical company wants to prove that, you know? And on top of that, you can't because it affects everyone so differently. But why, um, what was, was there like a big, like, aha moment for you in birth control? Oh yeah, absolutely. So the reason why I got on birth control was for acne. I struggled with acne. Like as soon as I went through puberty, I started gaining uh, or getting a lot of acne and, you know, saw different doctors getting, you know, dermatologists gave me creams, which just dried my skin. Thankfully I never got took Accutane and that's a whole nother thing, <laughs> um, but, or, or antibiotics because they'll put you on antibiotics and that's just like destroying your microbiome. Um, so I got on the birth control and it definitely did help. So that was the clue, first clue right there that it was hormonal, but no one really addressed like, why, like, why are my hormones contributing to the acne? Cause I didn't have any other symptoms. I didn't have PMS symptoms or anything like that. It was pretty regular. It was just the acne and it made me self-conscious. So I wanted, of course, you know, you're a teenager, you want to clear your skin. So I was desperate to do anything, um, and got on the birth control and it did, it definitely did help. Um, but that's because it suppressed everything. So if I had high estrogens at that time, they were being suppressed and, um, and it definitely helped, but, uh, learning about estrogen dominance, I realized what was actually really going on, but with, um, birth control, uh, being on it for over 15 years, I didn't realize the impact it ended up having on my body. And as I learned about functional medicine and started learning more about what it can do, it affects the gut. And there are studies that show birth control increases intestinal permeability, meaning uh, leaky gut. So it can, you know, the, the gut has these tight, tight junctions um, that's supposed to prevent uh, big particles like infections and toxins and things like that from passing through because immune systems right on the other side of that. And uh, if you're taking birth control and other medications like NSAIDs, so that, which is very, very common. I definitely took it for headaches and aches and sprains and injuries and stuff like that. Um, so you're, you know, not only NSAIDs and, and birth control, you're taking these two things that's really impacting the lining of the gut. And, and other studies are showing there's a link too between birth control and autoimmune disorders like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. So there are studies, there are research showing that there is a link there and, and its impact on the gut. And also uh, birth control increases sex hormone binding globulin, which is a protein that binds up our, our sex hormones, especially one called testosterone. And so a lot of women, when they're on birth control, when this protein increases, binds up their testosterone, they're experiencing symptoms of hair loss and low libido. And I definitely had those symptoms too, but of course at the time I didn't connect two and two, you know? So, um, so once, uh, I started learning about birth control and its impacts and not just like, yes, it can increase strokes, increase blood, blood clots, but the long-term effects that I was impacting my gut and increasing sex hormone binding globulin when I came off, uh, 
I started experiencing symptoms of estrogen dominance. Like I was having breast tenderness for the first time, uh, right before my cycle, my cycles, instead of being regular every month, were now, uh, instead of like every 28 days, it was 30 days, 35 days. It was starting to become a little irregular, which was unusual. And uh, I continued to have the hair loss and low libido. And I'm like, what is going on with my body? This is not normal. So, so that was like the, the biggest, uh, game changer, like learning about birth control, its impact it had on the, on the body and contributing to estrogen dominance. Oh, and another thing too, um, that people aren't aware is that, uh, birth control, it impacts your liver's ability to make bilirubin, which is important for bile production. And so in order for your body to metabolize estrogen, cause our body, will use estrogen. We need to use it and then get rid of it. The problem is, is it is when we're not getting rid of it. And so when you're taking birth control, it impacts uh, the bile production and bile is needed to bind inactive estrogen. Once it goes through the liver and goes from active to inactive, it binds to bile. So your body can get rid of it through the intestines, through your poop, you know? So uh, birth control also impacts that ability. So it's like, once you start looking into the research of things, you start connecting all the dots and, and you like, wow, it's impacting so many different things in the body. So that's pretty amazing. And I mean, when you come from it, from a functional medicine standpoint, the body is one. So we don't look at things like, you know, for fertility, my big thing is it probably has nothing to do with your lady bits. You know, most of us dealing with infertility, even PCOS and endometriosis, that stuff stems from other places. So it's really, you're right, like getting down to the root cause. What, um, okay, say if someone, I, I only did birth control for three months. It just wasn't for me. Like, I, like, I don't know. It just never was my thing. Um, women dealing with estrogen dominance who haven't been on birth control. Um, do you see a pattern of maybe where that comes from? Oh, absolutely. And it can happen in women. Yes. Without taking the birth control pills. And I do believe that it stems from our lifestyle and environment. Um, so I do believe because I, I, I believe I had the symptoms of estrogen dominance as a teenager, you know, with the acne, uh, even though I didn't have the other symptoms, but um, that's because growing up, I did consume more meat. Uh, and I'm sure the meat back then definitely wasn't free of antibiotics and hormones and <laughs> they weren't grass fed, you know, it wasn't clean sources of meat and dairy. And so I do believe like I was consuming a lot of meat and dairy, which had all these added hormones and it was contributing. And plus also, I mean, my mom, did cook, you know, she definitely tried to cook. Um, so we would have home cooked meals, but we were still using some packaged foods. And once a week we would go and eat out. So the packaged processed foods, the sugar, you know, all those things definitely added to it and, and contributed. So, um, so nutrition is big, um, food that, you know, contains added hormones, also pesticides, uh, toxins too. That's a whole nother thing. like toxins in our environment from the pesticides or the products that you're using in your home. Uh, so cleaning household, cleaning products, makeup, shampoos, uh, soaps, body washes, all those products, and even, uh, nonstick cookware or, uh, the, the containers that you're storing your food in, if it's a plastic container or drinking out of a plastic water bottle, uh, there's a lot of toxins that are in found in these things. And these toxins are called xenoestrogens, which are foreign 
chemicals that mimic the estrogen molecule and they bind to the same receptor estrogen receptors in your body. So now your body is being exposed to these toxins and these xenoestrogens are coming in and binding to the same estrogen receptors. And now your body thinks, oh, wow, there's more estrogen. So a lot of women are not only just having excess estrogen, but now the xenoestrogens contributing to the estrogen dominance. So that is definitely another, another factor that that's playing a role. And then stress. I mean, I can't say, you know, stress this enough, but a lot of people, I mean, I, I, I'm sure everybody has stress to some degree, and there's so many different, um, uh, stressors, you know, there's physical, there's emotional, mental, there's chemical, there's different types of stressors. So even though someone may be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like mentally I'm good, but you know, physically, if you're exercising or you have an injury, that's a physical stress to the body or chemical. If you're exposed to the toxins and things, radiation, um, those are, those are toxins as, 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 or stressors, excuse me, as well. So, um, you know, when people are under a lot of stress, no matter what form it can be, it can definitely impact the hormones. And, um, and then um, exercising too, not exercising, oh, insulin resistance. So I know there's not a lot of studies out there that actually look at a direct link of estrogen dominance and insulin resistance, but I do believe that it's there. So because when, when, there's insulin resistance. Usually it's attributed to like either high cortisol levels, which is increasing glucose in the body. Then the cells become uh, not as sensitive to insulin and insulin resistance occurs, or there's uh, weight gain. And when women are gaining weight, uh, the fat cells are excreting more, uh, more estrogen. So a lot of insulin resistance is, is seen with weight gain and an increased estrogen, and then you get the estrogen dominance as well. So that's another factor that can contribute. There is a lot, isn't there? <laughs> There's so much. There is so much. <laughs> I think sometimes we can like really overcomplicate it in functional medicine, which is good because you can get the science and you can get in the nitty gritty, but, um, what I always try to say, it literally just comes down to lowering inflammation. And yes, there needs to be like some tweaks, you know, like that's why it's really good to work with a coach because they can like tweak it for you and you don't have to overanalyze it. But for the most part, um, and I do a lot of gut microbiome stuff with um, Biome FX. And when I talk to the consulting doctors about different tasks, I always like to like have someone else's opinion, you know, like it always, you know, it's like mind share, right? Like the more information you have, the better. And one day I was like, she was like super overcomplicating it. Right. I was like, it was like five o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh my God, like, this is so crazy. I was like, but really what it just comes down to is like being clean and lowering inflammation, right? She's like, yeah, basically <laughs> like, yeah. And I know it's just really hard to do because even though I've done everything you've said, and when you're listing like the cookware and the plastics and the water bottle and the shampoos and this, I'm just like, oh my God, that's so draining because it's, you re you really almost shift your whole entire life right and like when you walk into a normal grocery store even whole foods and like these like organic stores you still have to be super careful you still have to read the labels because they hide fragrances they hide canola oil they hide all these things and it's like exhausting 
right? Like our, our ancestors didn't have to deal with this. They never thought twice because these things just weren't around. And when they started to be introduced, they had the good genetics. They had the good bodies to really be able to like fight these things, right? And they were still like just a little, they were slowly getting drip fed into like our foods and our products and our society. But like our generation, like didn't know you know, for the most part, they didn't have podcasts like this They didn't have, you know, amazing books that are out there. And uh, now it's us who have to go, oh, okay, I have to literally reevaluate my whole entire life. Great. And deal with infertility. Good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear exactly what you're saying. Because when I learned about all the different toxins, um, the environmental working group, a statistic that really stood out to me when I read it was that women on average use 12 products a day and there's 168 chemicals that they leave the house with on their body and I was like mind blown and I <laughs> when I read that I started looking at all the products that I was using and counting up all the ingredients because I'm like oh my gosh am I using 168 chemicals you know um and and yeah initially it was overwhelming because I'm like I'm just gonna have to clean everything out but then I'm like oh then it's gonna get expensive so I I don't expect everyone to to get rid of everything but just having that awareness and that mindfulness of like okay the these are the things that can impact my health and just start making one change at a time and that's what I did I just started off with just like getting rid of my shampoo and swapping that out and the good news is, is that they that there are companies like Environment Working Group, but I also like uh, Think Dirty app. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's another app I recently heard of. It's called Yuka, Y-U-K-A. And uh, you can, they have a scanner on it, which is awesome. So you can scan the products when you're at home or when you're at the grocery store and it will pop up and let you know like uh, what the ingredients look like, if, if they're good clean ingredients or not. So that actually helps taking some of the thinking out of it. You know, so you don't have to read and be like, wait, is this good or is this not? I don't know. Because <laughs> sometimes you'll read an ingredient and I tell, I tell people too, it's like if you read an ingredient and you can't even pronounce it and you have no idea what it is or what its purpose is, it's probably best not to get it. You know, you want to stick to, to uh, products that have uh, words ingredients that you can pronounce and say and you know like okay like essential oil okay you know okay that's in there for for the fragrance you know yeah. but uh but yeah it's 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 much much easier when you can just slowly start making one swap at a time and and my husband and I that's what we did we slowly made those swaps over time and now eventually we have better products we have better cookware better food storage containers in our home it definitely didn't happen overnight yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's definitely one thing at a time. Um, tell us how estrogen dominance affects your fertility. Oh, yes, yes. This is such a good question. Um, because, uh, you know, a lot of women aren't aware. It's like they, they go to fertility uh, specialists and sometimes they're, they're getting blood work, but it may not necessarily be at the, the right time of the cycle. Um, and also, um, I wanted to speak back to on the birth control. Another thing too, that made me aware, like this could be an issue in contributing is that I personally knew like coworkers and, and friends that when they would come off the birth control and, and try to conceive would end up having a miscarriage. So I knew right there, it's like, if women are coming off birth control, there must be some kind of hormonal imbalance that's occurring, um, that is, is, is impacting fertility. So, um, the first thing with estrogen dominance, I mean, estrogen, if there's a lot of excess in the body, it basically acts as birth control. 
and uh, it's a natural birth control. And this is why birth control has synthetic estrogen in it. Um, not all forms do, but most forms of, of birth control, whether it's a pill, a patch, an IUD, um, will have a synthetic form of estrogen uh, because that actually uh, prevents ovulation from occurring. And it also, it, it, it Estrogen does like prepare the uterus for pregnancy, like it starts thickening the lining, but you need progesterone to actually change it to, to receive the fertilized egg. So if you're not getting, birth control will have like a synthetic form of progesterone, but it's not the same. It's not the same as the progesterone that our body makes. In fact, the synthetic form of progesterone is also changing the endometrium as well. So when someone's taking a synthetic form of, of, uh, a progesterone through birth control, it's, it's not the same, you know, it's, it's definitely affecting that, that endometrial lining. So when there is, uh, so when a woman's not on birth control, but they have excess estrogen in the body, whether it's from, um, internal estrogen being produced or getting outside from the hormones, from, uh, animal products or from the xenoestrogens, it will act as a natural birth control. Also, um, excess estrogen, in addition to like testosterone, especially in women with PCOS, uh, a lot of times, you know, we know that with PCOS, the testosterone and insulin, insulin resistance can prevent ovulation. Well, es excess estrogen is a part of that too. So it's not just the excess testosterone. Um, so that can delay, prevent ovulation from occurring as well. And then there's something called progesterone resistance. So when I was looking up and uh, doing more research, I was like, oh, there we have insulin resistance and now there's progesterone in, uh, resistance. And that basically means uh, the uterine tissue is not responding to progesterone because of the excess amount of uh, estrogen in the body. So when there's that estrogen dominance and progesterone resistance, it prevents that endometrium from changing. So when that for like egg comes, it's not able to implant into the uterus. And then another thing, uh, another thing that I see with women too, is like a short luteal phase defect. And that is when the luteal phase, which is the second phase of the menstrual cycle normally should be on average 14 days of like a regular 28 day cycle. But if it's shorter than 10 days, because that's really, really short, progesterone is not able to increase like it normally should. Uh, so when once a woman ovulates, progesterone levels start increasing, but you need enough time, you know, for that, that progesterone level to increase. Cause I normally will see a peak of progesterone days, 19 to 22, but if someone is, has a really short luteal phase, that's not occurring. And so when you have low levels of progesterone, they're not rising in addition to the, that excess level of estrogen dominance, then pregnancy is not able to occur during that luteal phase as well. That's, um, I think one of the number one reasons, uh, women are dealing with infertility, um, there's an amazing at-home test called Prove that they can use now, um, yeah. which is, um, I think, just game-changing because most of the time or, you know, during my time, it was you would go into the doctor's office at day 21, get that test done, and they're like, oh, you're fine. But literally the next day, your, your um, levels could drop off dramatically. So it's important to time ovulation. Um, but it's more important to know if you're having a healthy ovulation. So I highly recommend kind of really anyone because the test is only like 35 bucks. It's at home. Um, 
really easy to use. They have a cool app that you can use. Um, so yeah, I would highly suggest, you know, getting that. I'll put it down in the show notes for an, um, an easy click over. Um, you have written a book and I'm really excited. You've got to send me a copy. I would love to read it. What is it called? Yeah, the book is called Estrogen is a Bitch. So (laughs) (laughs) such a cool title. (laughs) I know. I I love it. I actually surprised myself because I don't really use this word a lot and I don't use it lightly either. Uh, But when I was thinking about estrogen dominance and how so many women are suffering from it, whether it's PMS symptoms, endometriosis, uh, PCOS, infertility, uh, even fibroids, Mm -hmm. um, breast cancer. I mean, there's so many conditions associated with it. And just thinking about how women are suffering from this imbalance of estrogen in our body. I'm like, wow, estrogen can be a bitch. (laughs) And I was like, wow, that actually would make a good title. And then I realized I'm like, not a lot of women are aware of estrogen dominance because it is a medical term. So I'm like, how can I help educate and empower women to learn more about estrogen dominance. What are the root causes, what it can do in the body, the systems it can impact, how it can contribute to all these disorders. And what are the steps that they can start taking to naturally help rebalance their hormones and support the metabolism of estrogen. So that's why I wrote the book, Estrogen is a Bitch. And uh, it released September 28th. It is available on Amazon. So for those that are interested in learning more, definitely go check it out on, on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's going to be such a game changer for so many women. Before we go today, what would be your top tip in dealing with estrogen dominance? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I definitely, definitely take a look at the different lifestyle factors and, and seeing what is one area that you can start with, like, is it nutrition and cleaning up your nutrition, um, getting better whole foods and reducing like the, 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 the pesticides or, you know, getting cleaner sources of meat, or is it, uh, stress? Like, do you have a lot of stress in your life and learning about how different ways and things that you can do to manage the stress, um, or the toxins in your product, like starting off, like looking at your, the products that you're using. So I would definitely start off, um, just looking at one of those lifestyle factors that can really make a significant difference, but also following up with a functional medicine practitioner that is aware too, because as you mentioned, like it's important to understand ovulation and know when it's occurring. And if it's not occurring, at the right time, um, looking into the hormonal imbalances that are occurring in the body and, and working with someone that can help bring those hormones back into balance. Because once the body is functioning properly, uh, that increases your chances of being able to conceive naturally. So yeah, definitely. No, it's, um, it's a really good tip. It's just find somewhere where you think you need to improve the most and just start from there. Don't overload yourself. Like we were just talking about there is, yes, there is a lot of things that need to be changed or should be changed. And, um, just don't overload yourself. Just, just one foot at a time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let our listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So they can definitely find me on my website at yourradianthealth.com. Um, I'll be there and also on Instagram 
at Kate Vasquez underscore PA. I'm also on Facebook, Kate Vasquez MMS PAC, LinkedIn. So you can basically find me on all the platforms except for Twitter. I don't really use Twitter, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I also, you know, have the book. Um, if someone is, uh, wants more like hands-on do it yourself. I created an online course called the estrogen reset that also goes through, um, estrogen dominance and different things it includes like meal plans. They can also find that on the website as well. Nice. Oh, it sounds amazing. I'm sure you're helping lots and lots of women sort this, you know, very, I think a common issue out and hopefully my hope is functional medicine is the norm. 10 years, maybe, maybe 15, but I'm hoping that this is just normal stuff and we can help lots of generations just um, get back to normal, right? Get back to just being healthy. Yes. No, that is my hope as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us today and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.